0: we're dead alive and we are so thankful and so grateful and we'll be eternally thankful uh, for what you've done for us pray that you'd be glorified today lord jesus and magnified and and uh, lifted up high and mighty and that our hearts and minds would be drawn away from the world and the things of this world of of the week that we went through and and the things that are swirling around out there that our hearts and our minds would be set upon thee today Uh, we love you and give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name, amen. Turn, if you would, to Zachariah. Zachariah, I've decided to bring the Christ Is series that we usually do on Sunday nights. We'll be doing it in Sunday school now. And um, Lord willing, um, in Sunday school, I mean on Sunday evenings, Lord willing, we'll start a study on Song of Solomon. Song of Solomon, a wonderful book. On Sunday nights, Lord willing. Zachariah, though, 13, 1. and today's message is called "Christ is our fountain. Christ is our fountain." Zechariah 13:1, the scriptures declare, "In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. In that day, there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin." And and uncleanness. So we see here in our text, we see here in our text, that there is promised before us a fountain to be opened. A fountain to be opened. And it's open for a specific people. For the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And it's for sin and uncleanness. Sin and uncleanness. Now the the fountain spoken of here is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no doubt. It's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the fountain opened in that day. And beloved, the day is the gospel day. The gospel day. That's what we're in right now. We're in the gospel day. And the fountain is opened. It's opened. And when our great God and King, our Redeemer, was manifest upon this earth, being a man, the man Christ Jesus, fully God and fully man, the fountain was opened. The fountain was opened. One commentator said this, The fountain was opened more and more after his resurrection when the apostles went forth and preached the gospel to all the world where all the elect are scattered. Are scattered. God's people are scattered all, through, all over the world. And remember this, too. They're, not, they're scattered through ages, too. That always fascinates me. God's people are scattered all over the world and they're scattered all through the different ages, of this world. It's wonderful. God always has had a people. Always had a people. And he always will until the end. Until the end. So the gospel goes forth to all the world where God's elect are scattered. scattered. And God the Holy Spirit moves and he regenerates the lost sheep of God through the preaching of the gospel. And the gospel has one object. It has one object. Brother Marcus and I were talking about this morning. One object. Faith has one object. You ever hear people say, my faith, my faith, my faith. Don't tell me about your faith. Tell me about the one your faith's in. Faith has one object. Christ. Christ in him alone. Christ in him alone. He is the one object of our faith. And so the gospel goes forth, being preached and proclaimed, and the Holy Spirit regenerates, moves like the wind and regenerates whomever he, will, whomever he will. Now what was the tidings they bought? Behold, the fountain opened. Behold, the Redeemer. Behold, the Savior is the angel. Look at, look at Luke chapter 2. Look what the angel said, proclaimed in Luke chapter 2. Look at this. This is marvelous. Luke chapter 2, verses 9 to 14. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, Verse 10, and the angel said unto them, fear not. Remember remember, what, what David told Mephibosheth? Fear not. No fear. You're one of God's elect. Fear not. Fear not. So here the angel said, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And God's people, again, are scattered all over the earth, aren't they? All over the earth. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Note, beloved, he's born a Savior. We know from other texts he's born a king. He's born a Savior and he's born a king, the scripture says, which is Christ the Lord. He's born Lord. He's born Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the bay wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, Praising God and saying, Oh my, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. My, oh my. Now, who is the fountain open for? Look at our text back in Zechariah. Who is the fountain open for? Scripture declares, The house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ again has his sheep scattered all through the nations. But he came to the Jewish nation, and he was born a Jew of the lineage of David. But this this text speaks of all his elect, beloved, all his elect, scattered through, through all the nations, the true Israel of God. Turn, if you would, to Acts chapter 3. The true Israel of God. Acts chapter 3, verses 22 to 26. And then put your finger in Acts 18. We'll look there too. Acts chapter 3 verses 22 to 26 in Acts 18. And in Acts 18 we'll be looking at verse 5 and 6. Look at Acts 3 though, 22 to 26. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which shall not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. My, yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our father, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall. All the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first God having raised up his son Jesus sent him to bless you. And turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And then turn over to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Christ is his fountain. He's fountain open to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Acts 18 verses 5 and 6. The Lord has his people scattered all through the nations. Acts 18, verse 5 and 6. And when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. And when they opposed themselves, look at that, they opposed themselves. My goodness. And blasphemed. He shook his ram and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean from henceforth. I will go into the Gentiles." He has his people scattered all through the nations, beloved. And these are the ones spoken of in our text. The house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. So the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem are God's elect, scattered far and wide, beloved. Scattered far and wide, here and there, all upon the face of the earth. And it is among them... That this fountain is opened as God the Holy Spirit regenerates regenerates them and reveals Christ to them through the preaching of the, God, of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and this is something that the world knows absolutely nothing of. Just remember how we were before the Lord saved us. I didn't have a clue. I thought I knew some stuff. I knew nothing. And everything I know now has been taught. It's been taught by God. By God. We can lay no claim to anything. We can't boast in anything but Christ, who is the object of our faith, who is the fountain opened for us. And the world knows nothing of it. Now, what is the intent and design of the fountain which is opened? Look at our scripture in Zechariah. It says this, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. See, it's not open to everyone, is it? But what's it open for, beloved? Oh, this will make sinners, sinners thankful and praise our great Lord. It's for sin and uncleanness. Now, we know that our Savior was absolutely sinless. Right? So that means, that's for me. Huh. And that's for you if you're a believer. Because all we are is sin. This is a fountain open for sin and uncleanness. What a Savior. What a Redeemer, beloved. And this wonderful fountain, this wonderful fountain will wash away sin. Will wash away sin. And we will make those who are unclean by birth clean. Clean. It will cause us. It will cleanse us. It will cleanse us from the uncleanness of sin, which pollutes and defiles our souls. Just as you ever, you ever been working outside. I used to work in a market garden when I was younger. I know Bonnie did, too. She'd mentioned that. And and sometimes I'd come home from the market garden. You grow vegetables. And, and it was a market garden. I'd go up and work in the fields all day. And I would come home, and I had dirt in, under my fingernails, dirt places you don't even know you get dirt. Just covered in dirt and sweat from the heat. And I was one of those crazy guys that like to wear a, a heavy, they always used to laugh at me. I wore one of them heavy winter, not a winter, but you know those... Um, those um, checkered shirts you can wear in the wintertime, I'd wear that in the summer in the fields. They would they we'd have a good laugh over that. I would but I saw so I come home just just Brother John, you know what's like you work in the so You come home and you're you just got this grime on you and you sweat and and you go in and you have a shower. Oh and and you're clean afterwards. Beloved. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from the grime and the pollution and the uncleanness of our sin. Isn't that wonderful? That's a picture we can all relate to. Clean. Whiter than snow, the, the scriptures say. And, and we know in Michigan here, when we get a fresh snowfall, you guys do too in New York, you get a fresh, fresh snowfall and nothing's hit it or anything. It's just Beautiful, pure, white. That's how clean we are in Christ, beloved. Pure. Clothed in the pure, spotless righteousness of Christ. Oh, my. Now, we know we sin in word and deed. And, and we sin while we're awake. And we sin while we sleep in our dreams. And, and we are sinners. We know by birth, nature, and choice. But, but there's a fountain. This fountain, spoken of in our text, in which we can be cleansed from all our sins, washed clean. And how are we washed clean? By the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, by His perfect, spotless blood. Right? My, the precious blood. He's our fountain, beloved. And rejoice! Now, rejoice, beloved. Rejoice. When you think of the fullness, the fullness of the cleansing of the fountain who is Christ. Like I said, whiter than snow. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, double-dye red, they shall be white as snow. Oh, that's good news for sinners, beloved. That's good news for sinners. Oh good news for sinners. And he is a fountain that's ever full. Ever full. For the cleansing of sins. And this fountain is full from God's grace. And it is filled from the Father's throne of grace. It's sent from the Father's throne of grace. Christ is. God the Father sent his Son to be a propitiation for my sin. For the sins of all his people. My. And its cleansing power, think of this too. Its cleansing power is for you, brother, and for you, brother, and for you, sister, and you, sister, and you, brother. It's for every one of God's saints. Everyone. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful. For every one of us. The Lord is full of righteousness. Now, someone might ask, how, how can it be? Well, because Scripture declares this, for it pleased the Father that in Him, in Christ, should all fullness dwell. Should all fullness dwell. The Lord is full of righteousness, isn't He? Absolutely full of righteousness. We're sinners, and we desperately need Christ because all our righteousness is like filthy rags. And the Lord is full of merit also for justification because he lived the perfect life as the sinner's substitute. And all that is counted towards me and towards you if you believe. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? What a Savior. What a Redeemer, beloved. And you know his work is perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It doesn't need nothing added to it. Nothing. And you know people who say they save themselves are they're in a sense adding to the work of Christ. We don't add to anything Christ does. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and Christ is my all in all. He's everything. He's everything. His work is perfect. And do you know that His merit is of infinite value? It's of infinite value. His life living, lived for, for us is of infinite value, beloved. His death for us is of infinite value. The shedding of His blood is of infinite value for His people. Infinite, we, can't, we can't even put a price on it. My goodness, and it's sufficient. This fountain, that, this fountain that is for, for sin and uncleanness, this fountain, Christ, is sufficient to take away all my sins. All of them. And praise God, He did it. And for all who believe on Him, He died upon that cross. And that's why we say "Sinner, flee to Christ. There's no other hope. There's no other hope. May God make you willing to flee to Him, and He is able to. He's able to save everyone who comes to Him. We're proof of that, aren't we, brother? He saved us. We're proof, and every one of God's people are trophies, trophies of His grace and proof, proof that He's able to save. He's able to save. My, (laughs) what a Redeemer! What a Savior we have. Hebrews says this, Wherefore he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. By him, no other way. Seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7.25 And We who believe are redeemed by him, made righteous by him, sanctified in him. He's our wisdom. He gives us strength. And he alone, as Paul summed it up, is our all in all. He's everything. He's everything. He's a fountain springing up into eternal life for his people if you went to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. The lady at the well. She goes, to get, she goes to get water. She goes to get water. Little did she know she has a divine appointment, beloved. She got a divine appointment with God. With God incarnate in the flesh. My goodness. John chapter 4. I love this portion of scripture. John chapter 4. Here we go. I love verse 4. He must needs go through Samaria. But look what he says in verse 14. Let's go to 13. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh this water shall thirst again. So he's talking about the well that she's come to get water from. And he said, whoever drinks of that well is going to be thirsty again. right? And we know that. We have to, through the day, get drinks of water because we get thirsty. We get what thir- we don't have a well where we just turn the tap on now. But they had a well then. They had to put their... Put, put it down there and haul water up and fill their pitchers. Well, we don't have to do that anymore. But this is what they had to do. So whosoever shall drink this water shall thirst again. But look at verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be, uh, shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Oh my goodness, beloved. Here's a fountain. Here's a fountain that springs up. Into everlasting life. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a well. He's a well of water. And the water will never dry up. Never dry up. He's a well of water for his people. My goodness. Now, in biblical times, our text says, back to our text, it says, In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. In biblical times, a fountain of water was useful for three things. We'll look at three things that a fountain was useful for. Number one, quench and thirst. Now we saw in John 4, 14, the Lord said, Whosoever shall drink of the water that he gives shall never thirst. But how thankful would, think of this, how thankful would the weary traveler of, of biblical times, when, when traveling in the hot sun and through a desert, how thankful would they be when they came upon a fountain? When they came upon a, a well. How thankful would they be? A fountain. Remember too, sometimes a fountain is like a spring. Um, it's, it's a spring. A lot of times the fountain was where they had springs. And the water would just bubble up. There used to be a fountain in Canada we went to as a, as a kid. And, and every time we drove by it, we made sure we had our, our clean milk jugs. And we'd fill it up and take that water home. And it was flowed out of one of the mountains. And it wasn't really a mountain that we called it one, but it wasn't really one. But it was so cool and so refreshing. It tasted like no other water we had tasted. So imagine a weary traveler in biblical times coming upon a fountain. Oh, just drink. Just drink. If one was dying of thirst and they came upon the fountain, they would say, It saved my life. Wouldn't they? They'd say, It saved my life. And so again, think of of this, how the Israelites in the wilderness, they'd left Egypt and they were in the wilderness. Think of how they felt when water poured forth from the rock. Think of how they felt, beloved. That was a picture of Christ, the water of life. (laughs) The water of life. And we who are redeemed can say that this fountain spoken of in Zechariah being the Lord Jesus Christ, we who are redeemed can say, Oh, what a fountain he is. Oh, what a what a what a thirst-quenching water Christ is for our hungry souls, eh? Is your soul thirsty for the things of Christ? Oh, I pray that God would make you thirst for the things of Christ. Do you thirst with peace? People in the world often thirst for peace. The believer says, Christ is my peace. He's my heart. He's hope, he's hope for the hopeless. He's hope for the hopeless. Do you thirst for pardon of all your sins? Do you thirst for that? Do you thirst for eternal life or salvation, grace and strength to make it through this life? The believer in Christ has all this and more. All this and more. In Christ who is our fountain. He's our fountain. The second thing in biblical times that a fountain was useful for was the washing away, for washing away filth. Now water cleanses, doesn't it? It cleanses. It takes away filth. It makes our bodies clean. We clean our clothes in water. We clean our dishes in water. We clean our floors with water. Water cleanses blood. It makes clean. And think of this, we could not be clean without water. We couldn't be. And the fountain spoken of here in our text, let's go back to our text in Zechariah 13.1. In that day there shall be a fountain open to the house of David and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. This fountain is also a fountain for cleansing because sin defiles us. It defiles us. It stains our souls. It makes us unclean. And we cannot cleanse ourselves from the filth of sin. We can't. Now there's a lot of people out there trying. Aren't there? But the believer says he comes to the point or he or she that God's revealed to them. You're a sinner and you can't make yourself clean. But there's one who can. And it's spoken of in our text. It's the fountain. It's Christ who's a a fountain for sin and uncleanness. And think of this. Think of this. This fountain, the Lord Jesus Christ, he's a fountain that cleanses all our sins. For sin and uncleanness. He takes away our uncleanness. And again, as I said earlier, he makes us whiter than snow. And God the Father looks upon the believer and sees us clothed in the perfect, spotless righteousness of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Undeserved, unmerited mercy. What a Savior. Christ cleanses us also From the guilt of our sin, from the guilt of our sin, we're washed clean. How? By his precious blood. His precious blood. He alone, think of this, he alone satisfied God's justice. He did it all by himself. He alone made atonement for our sins. Christ alone. We did the sinning, he does the saving. Him alone. We're redeemed by Christ's precious blood by Him alone. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy. He saved us. He saved us, beloved. He did it all. He's the one fountain. He made atonement for our sins upon Calvary's cross, the sinless one. And then, turn if you would, to Hebrews 9.14. It says He purged our conscience. Well, He purged us from all our sins. My, we don't have to wallow in our, in, we ask for forgiveness and we move on. Brother Marcus and I were talking, religion, man, they find out that, that you're a sinner, which they all are too, and they just work you over. Grace doesn't do that, does it? Remember the Lord with Peter? Peter denied the Lord three times. Sister Bonnie and Tim and I were talking about that. I was talking about with, with Marcus there. Three times. How many times have we denied the Lord? Three times so. Now religion, they would just turn and feather them. The Lord says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Feed my lambs. Peter Do you love me? (laughs) Oh my! What love! What mercy! He didn't bring it up and say, Well, Peter, you denied me three times, and therefore, do you love me? He's one of his sheep. He gave his life for him. He cleansed him from all his sins. Peter, do you love me? Yea, Lord. My goodness. Look at Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ... Who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without that spot to God? Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. He purges our conscience. And then turn, if you would, to Titus 3 4. I quoted part of it, but I didn't finish the whole thing. Look at part, Titus 3, verses 4 and 5. I quoted 3, or no, I, did, I quoted part of, of, of 5. But look at, look at this. 3, 4, and 5. We have to look at this. Titus chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 but after that the kindness and love of god our savior appeared our savior toward man appeared not by works of righteousness which we have done now now that's very very plain and very clear isn't it but according to his mercy he saved us how by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the holy ghost beloved we have been washed clean in the fountain of christ's blood washed clean regenerated by the Holy Spirit of God. The dead are made alive. The dead spiritually are made alive. We're new creatures in Christ, washed and sanctified, justified, redeemed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and all by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Salvation's of the Lord. This of the Lord in His planning, and in His execution, it's all of the Lord. It's all of Him. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 1 Corinthians 6.11 Washed, sanctified, justified. This is what God's people are. All by the power of the Holy Spirit of God and by the precious blood of Christ. The third and last thing that, that fountains were for Useful for was for the water in the earth and making it fruitful. Water in the earth and making it fruitful. They used to have fountains for that purpose in their gardens. To be ready in dry seasons to fetch water. To fetch water and to refresh the plants. Christ is also our fountain. And the Lord himself is the fountain and the gardener of the church. The church is his garden. His garden. And he waters it and he cares for it. Day and night. Turn, if you would, to Isaiah 27. Isaiah 27. And then put your finger in Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 27. And then Isaiah 43. The Lord cares for for His vineyard day and night. For His garden day and night. Day and night. Look at Isaiah 27, verses 2 and 3. In that day, sing ye unto her, a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, now now let this sink in to your heart, beloved. If you're one of his people, let this sink in. I, the Lord, do keep it. The Lord keeps us. He's the one who keeps us, beloved. I will water it every moment. He cares for us. He watches over us like plants. And he waters us and he cares for us. And he's the one who gives the increase. It's all by the power of the Holy Spirit. I will, I will water it every moment, lest any hurt it. So he's, he's a shield and defender. Look at this. I will keep it, not just during the day, night and day. Night and day. What a Savior, beloved. What a Redeemer, is Jesus Christ our Lord. He is a fountain for all His people and they are scattered all around the world and through all the ages. And He gathers in His lost sheep just as a shepherd cares for His flock and then He watches over us like a, like a gardener. beloved. Turn if you would to Isaiah 43. Isaiah 43, the last scriptures we'll be looking at here. Isaiah 43, verses 1 to 11. We'll read a section here. And Christ alone is our fountain. He is the one who's redeemed us. And oh, look at the words in here. Look at this. Isaiah 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee. God is the creator of everything. Whether people believe it or not, he is the one who created all things. He created all things. O Jacob, and and he that formed thee, O Israel. Now he's speaking to his people here. Fear not. There's those words again. Fear not. Look at this. For I have. Look at the imperatives here. I have redeemed thee. When did he redeem us? On Calvary's cross. And I have called thee by, by thy name. He calls us effectually, doesn't he? Every single one of his sheep are called by him through the preaching of the gospel. And the Holy Spirit draws us and turns us to Christ and regenerates us and we run to Christ. He's called us by name. Thou art mine. Oh, precious words. God himself says to his people, Thou art mine. Oh, we could just sit there, couldn't we, beloved? What precious words for God's people. When thou, now, now think of this. now Here we go. We're going through life. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. He's not just our God, he's our Savior, beloved. And remember what the demons said? You're the Holy One. They knew he was the Holy One of God, beloved. They knew who he was. But he says, Here I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I give Egypt for thy ransom. He raised up Pharaoh, and then he crushed him. Ethiopia and Sebia for thee, since thou... Now look at this. Brother John, you're precious in the sight of the Lord. Look at what Scripture says here. Since thou wast precious in my sight, thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee, and people for thy life fear not again for I am with thee I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west I will say to the north give up and to the south keep not back bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth God's people are scattered all through this world beloved. even every one that is called by my name for I have created him for my glory God's people are vessels of honor vessels of honor I have formed him, yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes, and the deaf that have ears. So there we are. Let all the nations be gathered together, and let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this and show us former things? Let them bring forth their witness, that they may be justified. Or let them hear and say, It is truth. Ye are my witnesses, God's people. Ye are my witnesses, say the Lord, and my servant, and this is whom I have chosen. That ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. There's only one God. I, even I, am the Lord. And beside me there is no Savior. That brings it right down, doesn't it? There is no Savior outside of Christ. Absolutely none. There's no salvation in a church. There's no salvation in any of these other... False gods that are out there. There's only salvation in Christ who is God Himself. And He is our God, beloved. And He is our Savior. And praise His mighty name for what He's done for us. Oh, He's a fountain. He's a fountain open for sin and uncleanness. And God's people say, Hallelujah. Praise His name. What a Savior we have. What a Savior. Let's go to the Lord Him. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your mercy. Mercy shown to us. Oh, that You revealed Christ to us who is a fountain for our sin and for the uncleanness of our souls. And you have cleansed us by your own precious blood, Lord Jesus. And we are, just, we are just in absolute awe of how magnificent you are. What a Savior. You're not just our God, you're our Savior. You yourself left the glories of heaven to die and to redeem your people from all their sins. Oh Lord, may we, may we just leave here today rejoicing, Rejoicing in what a Savior we have. And again, we love you, Lord, only because you first loved us. And we pray in your name. Amen.